Hey, y'all. Russell Smith here, back with a new episode of the Russell Smith Podcast. Thanks, first of all, for all the great feedback on the last episode featuring Knoxville Mayor Madeline Rojero. I also wanted to publicly thank Fiona McNally and Eric Vreeland for their help in setting that interview up. I meant to do that on the podcast uh, last time and just totally flaked on that. But uh, those two folks were instrumental in getting that set up. And several of you have asked or maybe demanded that I get Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs on the podcast as well. And believe me, I am trying. So if you know Glenn, perhaps give him a shout, give him a shove in the right direction. Not a shove. You don't want to shove uh, Mayor Glenn. That probably wouldn't end well for you. How about a nudge? A friendly nudge will do, right? Uh, Would definitely love to interview him, and hopefully we'll get that done in the near future. But uh, got some great talks coming up in the near future this fall, so uh, stay tuned for more great podcasts, hopefully, on the way. This week, I had a chance to visit with Mark Packer of WVLT-TV here in Knoxville. Many of you probably know Mark best from his Rivalry Thursday high school football broadcasts here in East Tennessee. Mark's production company has expanded into many other different types of sports broadcasts, as you'll hear him discuss coming up right now. I've known Mark for a long time, but we've never had a chance to really sit down and talk like this, so it was fun to get to know him a little bit better. Here's my conversation with Mark Packer. Mark, good to see you. Thanks for taking time to do this. I really appreciate it. Well, it's like I said before we started, I, you must have run out of everybody else in East Tennessee that was worth doing an interview with to think of me. I, I appreciate it. Ever the humble Mark Packer, the self-deprecating <laughs> sense of humor. Well, uh, you know, you are, we were talking before, you're super busy. This is your time of year with the yeah. high school football season coming up. And uh, how long have you been doing the Rivalry Thursdays now? Well, good grief. I got to think about that. This is when I, I age myself. Um, well, we moved here in 96. 1996 is when, when we moved to Tennessee. And then I get, this is our 11th season of Rivalry Thursday. Wow. 11th season, which is crazy because we had done the Comcast, the, the former CSS, Comcast Sports yeah. Southeast. We had done that uh, from 2000 through 2008, I guess it was. And um, a lot of the same guys that, that I have now on my crew. Um, and we had done them just on Comcast. And they had changed marketing directors. And, and I knew that the marketing director and the general manager were going to take the money that they were dedicating to spend on high school football, which is very expensive. And I knew that they were going to take it and put it into a different kind of marketing. So I, I at the time, came to our general manager, uh, Chris Baker, who was our general manager uh-huh. at WVLT, and I said, uh, I'll never forget it. I walked into his office and I said, I got a crazy idea. Um, I think we should start high school football on Thursday nights. And he said, the market won't bear it financially. The market won't bear it. And I said, well, okay. And he goes, do you think anybody would move to Thursday night? And I said, yeah, I mean, I, I think they would. Um, to have their games on TV. Yeah. On TV and for the right situation. I mean, I, I've got a lot of good relationships. Um, and he said, well, I don't think the market will bear it. I don't think anybody will move to Thursday night. He said, now, if you go away and if you can figure it out, you come back and talk to me about it. I said, uh-huh. okay. So I went and got a couple of sponsors and and got schools committed to the concept of doing this on Thursday nights and went back into his office and sat down, pushed across my schedule, pushed across my list of sponsors and said, okay, we're good to go. And he looked up and grinned and he said, you want to partner up on that? And I was like, oh, man. (laughs) 
and and ever since then it was his belief in in me and and this that that we've made it work now with that said the first game we ever did was at Gatlinburg Pittman we did Oneida at Gatlinburg Pittman and I had uh, um I had hired a satellite I had hired a production unit to come here from Kentucky uh-huh. so here we are up at Gatlinburg Pittman and it was the worst piece of crud production unit you've ever seen in your life. And it shows up at Gatlinburg, and we really didn't make it on the air. We really did not make it oh, on wow. the air. And and we did a great rating because of all the promotion, and people wanted to see high school football. The but game we, didn't get shown? It was it was sporadic in and oh, out okay. of, of a terrible signal. Oh, okay. And it was unwatchable. Yeah. It was unwatchable. The saving grace is, is that we had a huge thunderstorm come through. And they had to put, they had to stop the game for thirty minute increment. You know that whole thirty minutes every time yeah. lightning oh, yeah, hits, we yeah. get we got to stop the game. And so I had this excuse that we had weather problems that night. So no <laughs> nobody knew that I needed the thunderstorm. Did that give you time to fix any issues? It gave, or? It, it gave me time to go to the parking lot and cry on the phone to my <laughs> wife. Yeah, it gave me time to go out and pray. I knew we weren't going to make it on the air. Yeah. And I knew that this was going to be catastrophic. For all these people that I had committed this to, this was not going to work. Yeah. So I called Danny Harb at HP Video the next morning, and I said, can you meet me for lunch today on Friday? And he met me uh, at out by the airport, and, and I bought him lunch, and I said, save me. <laughs> and he said, if you'll agree to three years – three years of us doing this together, I'm in. And I shook his hand, didn't have to sign anything, didn't need a, a signed agreement, handshake agreement, and he did the first three years production for us, and then we were off and rolling. But it almost didn't happen. Wow, so it, it almost collapsed from it the It almost first, collapsed yeah, from before inception. Before it even began. <laughs> from inception, well, it almost collapsed. Well, I know how hard it is just to get my little radio show on the air. I can't imagine, you know, the the TV, the production, no. all the people, the cameras, the satellite link-ups, and that's not even starting with the sales. No, side no, no, of no, it, no. So. And, and what I've always said to Austin Price is, who's been my color guy for years, uh-huh. is that when we get to seven o'clock for the first game, that is when I can relax and the fun begins. Yeah, because people would think. Oh, God, when you get to the season, that's when the stress happens. No, 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 no. When you get to the kickoff of the first game, as you well know, the work has all been done. If, if you're doing it right, yeah. The if, preparation is – the hay is in the barn at that pro- point. Yeah. Problems happen in the planning. They don't happen in execution. If the planning is correct, then the execution is easy. But if your yeah. planning stinks, your execution can go haywire. So you're in that planning phase right now. I'll back up. You you said you came to Knoxville in '96. How did you get here? Where Where are you from originally? Well, I was in. Uh, I went to TCU, Texas Christian. Okay, in Fort and, Worth. In Fort Worth, Texas, and um, they won four games in my four years while I was there, <laughs> and then they got good after I left. Then Ladanian uh, Tomlinson showed up, and seriously, yeah. yeah, they started recruiting or paying or whatever it was they did. <laughs> I, I, la 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 la. I don't want to know. Um, I started in. Uh, did you ever see the movie Friday Night Lights? Yeah. I started in Midland, Odessa, West really? Texas. Really? Okay. And my wife went to Odessa Permian. Really? Her brother was on that team. She know what was it? Booby Miles? Oh, or, she yeah. knew all those people. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She knows. She knows them all. Um, and um, um, so I spent four years there as the sports director. 
Started as the weekend guy at 22 years old. Are you from Texas? Originally? I'm from the Dallas Fort Worth area. Okay, from the Dallas Fort Worth area, and uh, uh, I started uh, six months. I was the number two guy to a guy that'd been there for forever, and he left. And they bumped me up to the sports director position. 22 years old, kid right out of college, and I'm the main sports anchor at the ABC station in this little market. Yeah. And uh, I promptly got kicked out of Odessa Permian's practices for a year. Okay. Because on a Friday night, the first football season, um, they had had a controversial uh, finish to a game against Midland Lee, which is you know the, the high big level, rival. big yeah. rival there okay. in, in the movie. Um, you know, twenty five thousand people there, which is legit. They take their high school football a little serious in Texas, for those who don't know. A little seriouser, <laughs> and that's not even a word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the stadium, Ratliff Stadium, you know, holds a little over 20,000. And then in the end zones, they had this big grass berm on both ends, and they, they fill it in. And uh, uh, it was a great training ground for a young, wet behind the years, 22 through 25-year-old. Um, so I went to uh, the Midland League played Odessa Permian, and they were tied at seven in the fourth quarter. And if you remember the Jabbar Gaffney touchdown, oh yeah, here in two thousand, it wasn't a touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown. <laughs> okay, there there are thirty frames of video in a second. Yes. The ball was touching Jabbar Gaffney's person ten frames. It's like the Zapruder film, back into the left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Speaking the, of Dallas, yeah. So so that happened in the in the Lee Permian game. Permian caught a pass. This was before the Jabbar Gaffney touchdown. They caught a touchdown, or at least were given credit for catching a touchdown, where the ball literally touched the the, the, the kid's hand for 10 frames, okay, a third of mm-hmm. a second. Ball phew, hits the ground. So and as we, serious as they take their high school football down there, probably not going to the booth for instant replay. Well, there was the, no there was yeah. no replay, and the, and the, the Midland Lee Rebel fans were not happy driving back yeah. the 20 minutes back to Midland. And so we started the show that night. Uh, we called it the final score. That was the show that we did. And my weekend guy and I started, and he tossed the football at me, and I spiked it to the ground like a volleyball player, and I said, touchdown, Permian wins. Well, the coach let me know on Monday that I was banned from practice for a year. Well, that's probably going to put a major cramp in how you cover the Odessa market when, you know, the big high school football program says you're no longer welcome. Well, especially when there was only, you know, that was the biggest one, you know. So my weekend guy had to go to practice for a year. I was not allowed. And um, the coach and I eventually made up. But that was kind of the first little Packer putting his foot in his mouth <laughs> deal. But it, it was incredible training training ground. The high school football there is is um, they take it as seriously as the movie shows. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's a big deal there. No doubt. So uh, you're doing that. Did you come to Knoxville from that area? Yeah, I got a um, my wife and I got married in '96, <clears throat> and we got back from our honeymoon, and I had been sending out resume tapes. Till I was blue in the face. And we got back from uh, SeaWorld in San Antonio. I'll never forget it. And we walked into the house, uh, condo, little place. I mean, we didn't have any money. And um, I had two voice messages on the answering machine. You know, we used to have answering machines yeah. you know, years ago. <laughs> and uh, one was from a news director in Albuquerque, New Mexico. <clears throat> and one was from WBIR in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit in the 
the five previous months before I had gone and had interviews in Omaha, Nebraska, and Portland, Oregon. I was I was I was making their their list of finalists. So I, something was going wrong. Going through I the was, process. I was getting yeah. interviews with the whole goal to get back to Dallas Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. That was the whole goal of all of this. God just had a different sure. plan. He he just had a different plan. Uh, the TV sport uh, so competitive. At the, uh, you know I'm how many people are applying for the job at at Portland or the job at WBIR in Knoxville? Oh, there's no question. Is this when Kessling? Kessling, Bob was the sports okay. director, and um, I went to my wife and I went to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they offered me the job, but I wanted to, I wanted Knoxville. Uh huh. Okay, I had three markets that I wanted to go to. One of these three out of West Texas, I wanted to either go to Lexington, Kentucky, for big time college basketball. Sure. I either wanted Knoxville because of big time college football. Uh huh. Or I wanted Austin, Texas, because that was right there sure. in our neck of the woods, and it was University of Texas. Um, and so when one of those three was was an, a, a possibility, I mean, it wasn't Albuquerque, New Mexico. I mean, who wanted to go there? Yeah. And so they offered me the job, and, and I put them off, and I came to Knoxville and got offered the job, and, and um, the rest was history, you know. Yeah, and and you did WBIR, and for a, a number of years, that's where I first remember seeing you. And uh, you did something which is uh, not um, completely rare, but uh, you you switched stations. Did, was that uh, I switched stations based off of um, um, I had been sports director. I'd been the weekend guy for three years. I'd been sports director for five years, and um, golly, I'll never forget it. I um. I was in SEC Media Days in 2004, and my wife and I had discussed whether long-term I wanted my career to be working past midnight, five, six nights mm-hmm. a week. And we had three three little girls um, who are now 19, 22, and 27 with a new little grandson. And so, you know, we were 14, 15 years ago. Subtract 14, 15 from all of those ages, and you've got a little harem of girls. And yeah. uh, it had, had a little little group. And uh, and so I, I was trying to decide whether we, we wanted to try to get to Dallas-Fort Worth, but there weren't any openings. And so I had started – my contract was up at BIR, and I had started trying to figure out if, if I could start up a Southeastern Conference football show on um, Comcast Sports Southeast. And um, kind of contrary, me selling something outside of my duties at the TV station. Because I'd, my biggest fear in this business has always been um, someone coming in and telling me they don't need me anymore. And um, so I started at that point trying to take the bull by the horn to have control of, of my own destiny. Mm-hmm. And um, I was interviewing that night – I had tried to get sponsors for a new SEC football show on Comcast Sports Southeast. And I've been trying like heck to do this. It was having no luck, having zero luck at all. Yeah. So I was live outside of the Winfrey Hotel in Hoover, Alabama with Paul Feinbaum. And as soon as I was done, the news director, new news director at WBIR called me and said, you need to call me as soon as you're done. So I called and he said, uh, we got a phone call from a local client saying that they were, they wanted to know about the show that you're selling on Comcast Sports Southeast. Well, the cat was out of the bag as I was trying to figure out my own path. Yeah. 
So I called my wife, and uh, she and uh, the girls were in Texas visiting family. And I said, uh, well, we're at the proverbial T in the road. Um, she said, what are our options? And I said, well, A is to go back to WBIR and say, hey, uh, didn't mean it. You know, I'm hat in hand stay and, here for yeah. forever. You know, I'm going to work till midnight forever and be the sports director here for forever. And she said, well, well what's the other route? And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that the one direction is to stay where we are. The other is the unknown. Tough spot to be in. Three little girls three at little home. Three little girls and, and two dogs and two cats and yeah, a mortgage. and The whole thing. New rabbit and all those things. You know, so <clears throat> um, she said, well, which way do you think God wants us to go? And I said, I think he wants us to go to the right. I think he wants us to go the uh, <clears throat> to the unknown. And I said, but understand that in two weeks we don't have any money coming in. Understand we don't have it. And this is my biggest fear yeah. in this business. This was self-induced. This one was self-induced. And so we went uh, to the right, and um, the very next morning I had two sponsors call me and commit to be sponsors on my new show. So that was a good sign that you're off to a good start. You're betting on yourself a lot right here. I mean, a lot of people listen say, WBIR, Post Kessling, you kind of got it made. Sports right director, yeah. number one station in town. I mean, yeah. you know, one of the strongest stations in the country. Sure. You know, why would you not just stay there? And, I, and people ask me that. And, uh, and, and I think part of it, was, number one, was my family. And number two was my fear of someone coming in at some point in my career and telling me that they – I always said I didn't want to turn 50 years old and have someone come in to me from corporate and say, we can replace you with 225s for less money than we're paying you. Yeah. I think and that's everybody's fear in, in the in the broadcasting business. And it's a fear in any business. I mean, yeah. I have all kinds of people now that I see that in – and it's very much against the grain yeah. in this business. No tenure in the broadcasting no, field. <laughs> there's there's not. And, and you know, uh, loyalty in a lot of places is, is lost. And uh, – um, it's been an adventure ever since that point in time. So you get on at WVLT, and the thing that I think is interesting here, and you you are a news anchor now in addition to sports guy and all the high school stuff that you've got on the side. Was that part of the deal? Did you want to get to the main desk like that as well? Not or? at all. Not at all. It was so, it was so funny. Um, I, Chris Baker was the general manager at the time. Steve Crabtree was the news director. Dino Cartwright was in promotions, and a guy named Richard Torbett was in sales. Okay. And so I had reached out to Richard Torbett just with this idea of doing this locker room show on Sunday nights. Um, at the time, it was going to be with Jimmy Hyams and Brent Hubbs, and that's how we started it. We started it there. So I wanted to do the Sunday night locker room show and wanted to do a high school show um, that I had had Pilot connected with me on. Made some relationships with Pilot and, and had done that, and so uh, they had they had just started what is my VLT. They had just started this second station, just uh -huh. bought it, created it, whatever the heck they did. I don't even remember. It's been so long. And and Chris said, um, he goes, I tell you what, he thought about it over the weekend. I had met with them, all of them, and and when I came into the WVLT uh, station, I thought I was just coming in to meet with Dino Cartwright. I thought I was just coming in to sit down and visit with them. And they brought me in this very conference room that we're in now. And I looked around, and there were seven seven people at the table. And I said, oh, my gosh, they're they're corralling me here. 
putting the hard sell on you, huh? Yeah, and they, they, we just had a heart-to-heart conversation uh-huh. about what it was that I was trying to do, what it was that they were trying to do. And there was a connection of, um, of people, I think, that understood that here's a guy that's been in the market for a long time. There's some name recognition. And maybe he would have an idea, know what to do and how to do it. And so Chris thought about it over the weekend, and I, and I w- went back into his office with the news director on that next Monday, and he said, all right, I'm going to throw one at you from left field. And he said, uh, how about we just give you the time for, for, for your locker room show and your high school show? We'll give you the time because we want to establish viewership for our second station. We want to put something over there of value. Mm-hmm. And he goes, and I will pay you to do the news every day at 4 o'clock. It's not what you were making at WBIR. I can't pay you what you were making over there because you were the number one. You were the sports director. Now you're a backup. You're you know you're like the C team news anchor. But I think you can make up the lost income if you'll sell sponsorships for your other shows. And I said done. All were you, I were you planning on buying the time from for from the? I didn't know. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know if I was going to buy it. I mean, he just said this is a part of, of what we're doing together. We're going to do something yeah. that's never been done in broadcast before, and we're going to partner with you. So um, in your mind, you're thinking you get the free time for the, the stuff that is kind of your uh, passion, and that's that's what you're really after correct. in the first place. And then he said, you do the news every day at 4. <clears throat> and, then, and then what we did over the course of time is, and, and this was in his vision, is that we created revenue opportunities for the TV station in the things that I'm doing to where they're essentially making more money than they're paying me. And yeah. so that, that was a – and at the time, it really, really worked. Now, corporate America has changed over the course of time to where those blurred lines are, are now a problem where they didn't used to be. You know, it used yeah. to be we, we could be more creative and all this. And, and now the lines are a little – This is, they, this they is your box and, and this is where you are. Correct, yeah. correct. And, and this is what I said very, years ago when I said, I don't want to get to 50 years old and have somebody tell me they can replace me with 225s for less money. Um, and, and had I stayed that route – Let's look at WBIR right now. I was about to say it's they don't have a they don't have a sports department. They don't have a sports department. They 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 do many newscasts without sports in it. Um, well, I remember back in you know when when you first got here. I mean that was kind of the tail end of the days of you know. The, and by the and way, it, by the way, yeah. to wrap up that conversation. That is what research is showing. And so there are some people that buy into that research, and there are some people that don't. I don't buy into that research. But WBIR can do things like that. And there's other markets across the country that are doing this Mm -hmm. that are saying, we're going to treat sports as a news story. We're not going to treat it as the weather that needs to be in every every show. And so we will have these people that do some news and do some sports. And when Tennessee is playing Florida, we'll blow it out, not only with the people who can do sports, but we'll blow it out with our news reporters. And it's a different concept. Channel 6 has uh, uh, Marshall Hughes doing sports in, in every show. And WVLT has Rick Russo and, and Caleb No, and, you know, doing sports in every show. Mm-hmm. But we still have to figure out a way to make the sports a news item rather than sports is just this little three-minute segment that we do that we put Braves highlights and highlights of the Red Wings and Oilers or whatever it is. Um, you know what I mean? So, so we, we've had to adjust the way we've done things. 
And that's because research says that there are so many other places to get your news on your phone, radio, podcast, newspapers going out, you know, uh, out of business because they're trying to go online now to replace that nobody really wants to hold the newspaper anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I was going to say the, you know, when you got here, that was the tail end of the era. I remember waiting up till eleven twenty at night to catch just you know three minutes of sports highlights, and when it was you and and Kessling or uh, Jim Wogan, Rick Russo, you yeah. know, and you're flipping around trying to catch it all at the same time, and uh, you know now as you said. I want to see a highlight. I just pick up my phone and, and watch it and that's instantaneously. The that's the difference. So what you have to do more in local sports is is you have to put all of your focus on local. You, if, if, you, if you are running now highlights of the Boston Celtics against the New York Knicks in a local sportscast in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. the viewer knows you have nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So you have to adjust. Let, like we have a partnership at WVLT with VolQuest, Brent Hubs, Austin Price, mm-hmm. all those guys. It is smarter for us as a TV station to focus our time on doing a roundtable discussion with them about how does Tennessee's defensive line look this year. Yeah. Than it does for us to show highlights of a of a golf tournament that's coming up. Did Tiger Woods make the cut, or or did he finish you know seventy eighth in it? And ESPN's got that covered. Yeah, everyone else has that covered. So if we're doing that, we are wasting our time. We're wasting the viewers' time in this market. So you the doing the news on uh, WVLT being the main anchor was. Was that an adjustment for you after being sports guy? Well, I'm far from the main the anchor, by the way. Uh, Ted is the main anchor. Oh, yeah, Ted sure. Ted the yeah. main anchor. I'm, you know, when we started it, it we started it with, um, um, God, a long time ago. But when Kelly Parker and I got together, who's now at Channel 6, we just had fun. We just had a good time. And, you know, we, we started just doing weather and Pete Michaels on traffic and just kicking it around and just having a ball and, and realized I could have fun doing other things besides sports. I've been doing it for 14, 15 years now. Um, went to number one at 4 o'clock, which was unreal for this TV station to go to number one. And WBIR had a show called Style. They canceled it and moved live at 5 to live at 5 at 4. <laughs> and that's why they did it. They uh-huh. did it because we had gone to number one with this dog and pony show we were doing at four o'clock. It's got to be satisfying. Yeah, but it was the only. Yeah, I mean, it was at the time it meant something to me. It it, it doesn't mean anything to me now, you know. I mean, so do you still do uh, when you're getting set to start this high school football season? Insanity yeah. for you. Yeah. Um. I mean, you can't do these broadcasts on, on Thursdays, obviously. What is your schedule like? The folks here must be pretty accommodating to you, knowing that you've got all these different things going on. Yeah, they have been over the years, for sure. Um, I hope that continues, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, in the changing uh, business that we have. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I produced the, the Rivalry Thursday. Um, and my, I now have a production company that we produce them ourselves. Um, um, so the TV station is very accommodating of, of, of that. Um, I have to sell all the sponsors to be able to pay for the product, which is, you know, when you're talking eight cameras and, and all the crew and the production unit and all is, is rather expensive. Sure. Um, even my wife sometimes doesn't understand all the work that goes into it to get to seven o'clock, you know, on, on, a, on a game night. Um, but 
you know, I had used Danny Harp for years, and then I had used another company uh, in town um, that I won't give the respect of saying their name on this podcast. Another story for another day. Okay. Um, but I decided to build uh, my own production unit. And uh, so three years ago, we I got a banker con- to, to, to believe in my concept and loaned me several hundred thousand dollars to build a 28-foot HD production unit. So when you said, did you have to buy all the TV equipment? Did you, do you own the equipment that well, you own everything in the the twenty eight foot HD production unit? Wow! And uh, um, my wife and I had a business plan that we would form this other company um, to do to build this production unit and be a production company. Mm-hmm. But we would not take any revenue off of that company until we paid the production unit off. And we've held true to that today, three years later. Um, and it was a six-year plan, six to seven-year plan to pay the unit off. And I think we'll end up doing it in four. And um, I mean, it's because of relationships. My my engineer, Brian Siegelog, was our EIC, engineer in charge, and, and then a E2 guy named Mark Wright. And, um, you know, those guys uh, I trust – where other people haven't trusted one of them, um, but I do. And uh, we're now doing the soccer games in Nashville um, for the affiliate over there and for the, the Major League Soccer. We do 18 games a year for really? them. Um, we do um, Knoxville. We do rivalry Thursday on Thursday. And then we do high school football for Sinclair on Fridays. Every Friday, the unit goes to Nashville and does their games. Okay. Um, I took over the state championship games uh, – last two years ago so we produce all the state championship games now we did the sec track and field championships uh for espn for ut um did the nc state spring football game for espn where espn approved and um you know it's kind of funny lynn cutson over at ut this past spring here i was about to do the four o'clock news and it's it's kind of like be careful what you wish for. Yeah. You know, the, the guys have done a great job building a, a very, very good production unit. And and people have kind of figured that out, that it's something you can count on if you need a broadcast. Uh-huh. It's there's, there's there's pieces of crap out there that show up that's all falling apart, and then there's one shown up that is put together and, and well done. And, and these guys that I've hired have done a really good job of that. So I, I'm about to start the 4 o'clock news one day, and – Link Hudson at UT texts me, and he says, hey, can your production unit do Ole Miss Tennessee baseball Friday night? I was like, this is Wednesday afternoon. And he goes, by the way, I need you to fully crew it. How much time do you typically need in advance to Well, more than 48 hours. It wasn't even 48 (laughs) hours. I mean, it was Friday morning be there over at Lindsey Nelson to set this up to do this broadcast that uh, I guess it was SEC Network – the production company they had hired was doing Thursday and Saturday, but they realized they had a hole for the Friday game. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me work on it. And by the end of the 4 o'clock news, I had lined up a full crew and had everything set up and said, yes, we're good to go. And he said, you know, you bailed us out. We'll never forget this. So we had the production unit over there and did Ole Miss Tennessee for them. So, uh, I mean, it's just it's, – it's, business is, um, as you well know – Business is just doing what you say you're going to do, doing it the right way, doing it in an honest way, and making sure that people develop confidence in you that that you're going to get it done. 
you so you do all the ad sales for for this do you enjoy the sales process is that something that a lot of people <clears throat> some parts a lot of people are like ah, i don't want to get into sales and then you just one day you wake up and you're like i'm a salesman <laughs> and you've got all these i think the one thing i, I enjoy i enjoy the wonderful relationships um I'm going to say it this way. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Haslam, in his office, whenever I was asking for the $10 million to do the fields in Knox County, uh-huh. um, I'll never forget it, sitting in his office and looking over in the corner. Um, and this is all the all the fields in Knox County High School have beautiful new synthetic turf correct, correct. due to the generosity of the pilot corp correct yeah. and this was all on a crazy concept of, of mine to do this darn thing and so i was in mr haslam's office and i was asking him for the money and um he said i'm gonna give you three pieces of advice before we even go down this road and he said these three pieces of advice and, and these this advice is invaluable to me because it helps me in all relationships, in business, in life, and everything. Number one, whatever it is you try to do for the good, there will always be someone who will try to find the negative and turn it into a bad. So whatever you do, look in the mirror and do it with a conviction in your heart. And if you're okay with it, go forward with it. But there will always be someone, and understand that, always be someone who will try to find the negative in mm-hmm. it. True. That's true. Sure. Number two is biblical. To whom much is given, much is required. It's not expected. It is required. So if you get to a point where you're in this kind of a position, make sure you always understand to whom much is given, much is required. And number three, um, number three, he said, is the, the only point at which you will get what you want is at that point and only at that point where you've helped enough other people get what they want. And and that is a servant spirit. Mm-hmm. This is from a Christian billionaire. Yeah. The only point you'll get what you want is at that point when you've helped enough other people get what you want. So the thing that I've tried to do through everything is, is be very cognizant of, of all of the people that, that go out there and work hard at games, the guys that have been on my crew for a decade that I can count on, um, the sponsors out there that – um, entrust me with part of their budget. Mm-hmm. The Butch Smiths of the world that was formerly Smith & Hammaker, yeah. who is now building SH Data Technologies and, and is going to be a, a state-of-the-art, one of the top data facilities in the country, tier three data center that could be beyond that over the course of time. And, and they're building it uh, you know, downtown up on the fort. Um, it's going to be spectacular. Um, it is going to be something that Knoxville is going to be very proud of, and Knoxville all is going to be state of the art in the world when it comes to data protection. Yeah, which is so critical in businesses out there. And so, see to that, know, that was very smooth. You snuck a live read in in, in on me right well, there. <laughs> yeah, to to know that when yeah. we started that, he owned Smith and Hamisher, sure. and and he he kind of partnered up with me on a very small level, and then as we went through. I like to think that maybe what we've done helped build the name Smith yeah. and Hammaker up to the point to where he sold it. Yeah. And then he took that and, and grew this. You know, my guys at Pilot, Dan Fleming and uh, 
Keith Maynard and Danny Fleming and and all of the people over there that I've dealt with over the years who who are all about community, who love what it is that we do and and have they trust me mm-hmm. that they know that I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do and uh and to that led to the fields. Had it not been for Dan Fleming believing in me over the years, I would have never gotten into Mr. Haslam and would have never gotten the fields and the money for education and the bands and all. None of that would have happened had Dan Fleming not been able to develop a trust in in Mark Packer that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. Yeah. And so you asked, do I enjoy the sales? I hate the part of sales to where I make a commitment to someone and they make a commitment to me and I do my part and they don't. Yeah. Well, and and there are there are one or two of those every year. Sure. I hate chasing money. Yeah. I, I hate when someone makes a commitment to me and I do everything and then I can't track them down. And I'm like, really? Yeah, that's the worst. I hate that. I, and so what I've tried to do is just trim the fat and get away from those people. But I've got wonderful people out there. Uh, Tim Elrod at OEB Law has been an incredible supporter of what we do. Yeah. Um, LMU, Lincoln Memorial University, not only do they do what we do here now, they do the state championships. Well, you've got good longevity, too. I mean, it, uh, you know, people wouldn't keep, keep coming back if, if it and didn't I'm not work. trying and to be a NASCAR driver here and thank all my sponsors. <laughs> hey, I want to thank STP, you know, yeah. and Napa Auto Parts. Take but, a sip of that Coke bottle. Yeah, seriously, you know, <laughs> as I drink that. But, 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 but those who do sales and do what we do understand you can't do what you do if you don't have the support and what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Mm-hmm. What comes first, the trust in you or the belief in you? What comes first when you do the relationship with someone that they know that you are of the spirit, that I will only get what I want at that point where you get what you want? Yeah. No, you got to have it uh, a symbiotic relationship. You know, Do they, they know that or do they think that you're just about the sell? Yeah. And, and, if, and if, if you can truly not be about the sell – if you can be about the relationship and that I have your best interest at heart because I, I value that you're taking part of your budget and putting it into what I'm doing because you believe in me and believe in what we're doing, that I have your best interest at heart, that's when it's rewarding. Mm-hmm. So you've been here uh, 23 years now. Um, I saw you add got, that up. You couldn't you, do that anymore. <laughs> you've got this business uh, here. It seems, you know, three daughters, one grandchild. It feels like you're pretty well entrenched in knoxville at this point the uh probably not going to dallas fort worth at, no, at this point i wouldn't i wouldn't want to do that you know i i mean our our oldest daughter and son-in-law and grandson are two and a half miles away from us now and our our middle daughter just started as a second grade teacher um at hardin valley uh, oh, academy great. so she she's just starting her second week of uh-huh. school and our youngest uh uh, went off to University of Colorado, but came back after one semester. Now she's at UT. So, I mean, we're all here, and I wouldn't want to go anywhere. You have a uh, big season coming up. We're recording this uh, beginning um, August 12th of 2019. Season starts uh, end of next week, I believe. Ugh. Um don't sound so excited. No, 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 no. I'm excited. It's just there's just so many things to do. You've, you've only got a billion things left uh, on the checklist. There, there, that, there, there's so many things yeah. to do to get to 7 o'clock on Thursday night, August 22nd. Sure. Not only that, we're starting this year with our with a dual market game. 
Um, because Greenville, as the the two time defending four A state champion, yeah, they got rolling up there to Powell. Uh, we're going to air the game over there, too. So the game will air that Thursday night in Knoxville and the Tri-Cities market. And, Great. And I'm excited about that. Um, and then that Saturday night, uh, we have Alcoa at Blackman, um, which I set up. Um, Gary Rankin, his return trip to Rutherford County, where he won four state titles as the head coach oh, wow. of Riverdale. Yeah. And so um, the Alcoa uh, Carnival is going to roll into town, and uh, Blackman is a – a 6A state power. Always got some players out there. They always got athletes. You know, uh-huh. they always got athletes. Um, sometimes they don't exactly know what to do with all the athletes in some places. And, and, and I, don't, I don't think Blackman's one of those programs. I think Blackman's a program that knows what to do with them. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, then the next week we come back and do uh, Lenore City-Loudon, which is a great rivalry game, and that's fun. Uh, so. You've been you've been to a lot of places now. Are there any high school bucket list places or broadcasts that you you want to do in the future? You know, there's nothing to me uh, like a Maryville Alcoa game, and we've got that on our schedule for only the second time in 11 years on a Thursday night. Okay, and uh, you know Alcoa's won four state titles in a row, and of course you know Maryville's in the mix every year in 6A, and uh, both teams are loaded this year. Yeah. Um, T. Hodge, running back at Maryville, committed to UT, and A.J. Davis, a wide receiver. Their offensive line is back. Um, their concerns are on the defensive side of the ball. Um, uh, Alcoa's got most everybody back and got a real neat story at quarterback. Sam Walton is the quarterback. Uh, he'll be a junior. Uh, I'll have a story that we did on uh, – uh, Sam works with a, with a guy out of the West Coast named Steve Clarkson. Mm-hmm. And uh, Steve Clarkson is known as the quarterback guru, has the quarterback yeah. retreat, Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, all those guys. I mean, the top quarterbacks all go to Steve Clarkson. And uh, got to have lunch with Steve Clarkson a couple of weeks ago. Okay, He flew to East Tennessee to work with Sam Bolton. And um, um, Sam is a, is a wonderful young man, very humble young man, about 6'3", six, six, quarterback. Uh, just got rated by Rivals as a three-star. All right. Because of going to camps and, and – So, and remember doing, that name, Valton. Now, Sam Valton, I'll have a story uh, at halftime of the Greenville Powell game, and then I'll re-air it right before the Alcoa Blackman game. That about a year ago, um, he had most of his index finger on his right hand cut off. So, uh, a quarterback – Right-handed? Right-handed. The last thing that a quarterback touches on the ball is the tip of his index finger. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a tip of the index finger. What um, happened? He was uh, going ATV in, and there was a winch on it, and he was reaching down on the winch, and his, oh. bud, his buddy pushed the button, and it was supposed to push the winch out, and it pulled it in, and it was a – Oh, no. And it cut his finger off. Oh, my good. And so uh. – um, you know, it was a it was a malfunction on the the system itself. They went and tested it the next day, but Sam lost uh, most of his index finger. Um, we stood out in his driveway and threw the football back and forth. He throws a, a nice ball. Uh, he's adjusted the way he holds the huh. ball to to move his middle finger a little bit further up towards where the index okay. finger was. Um, sometimes he doesn't throw as pretty a ball, but he gets the ball there and. This, how long ago did he have the accident? A little over a year ago. Okay. A little over a year ago. And, uh, so there's a process trying to absolutely. learn how to throw absolutely. it again. Yeah, yeah, it was a process. And, um, well, it's probably not done yet. He'll probably continue to get better. He's so young. He will be um, 
he will be the quarterback this year, and he's and he's got weapons all around him. And, uh, you know, when we have Alcoa at Blackman on TV and then Maryville at Alcoa, man, those are those are two premier games. And that's what gets me jazzed yeah. up. What's your uh, favorite high school to broadcast from? Texas Stadium, which has been blown up in Irving, Texas. Oh. <laughs> that was the former home of the Dallas yeah, Cowboys, yeah, which, which is where I got to do uh-huh. my first games in high school. Um, oh, goodness, I wouldn't. That, that's hard to beat. I wouldn't even venture to say what's my favorite place. There, you know, Maryville's always a lot of fun. Greenville's a neat place to go. Um, you know, there's all kinds of of great places to yeah. go. It's just fun being being at a high school football game where people are there cheering for their kids. Well, Mark, uh, I know you got to run, man. Congratulations on on your success. Really looking forward to it. Uh, one last question: You uh, three daughters. I've got my 11-year-old daughter just started middle school. Yeah. I don't really have a question. Just give me some advice here. <laughs> what, understand, what, understand, what am I getting ready uh, for? Understand that when they leave you from 13 to 18, they will return at about 21. 21? is That's that's the target date? But 21 is when you become cool again. Okay. You're still kind of cool right now. Uh, You're venturing uh, out of coolness. Yeah. <laughs> You're venturing out of coolness. Coolness will come back again. Um, you know, I, I, I wanted a son and uh, God had a different plan and, uh, I wouldn't trade anything for anything in the world. I love my three girls and little girls teach daddy sensitivity. Oh yeah. Well, especially for a, a sports guy, you know, we're, I was the oldest of, uh, three brothers. And I remember when, when we had the daughter, my, my brother told, asked my mom, she said, mom, what are we going to do with a girl? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. Well, then when we had the grandson, uh, you know, little Hudson, uh, about six months ago, you know, we found out it was a boy. Of course I was just over the moon the roof, excited, huh? yeah. you know, and, uh, don't get to see him enough just because everybody's going this way or that way. But, uh, I mean, we see him every week, you know, it's just never enough when you're a granddad. Uh, great advice from Joan Cronin. Joan okay. Cronin came through here, and uh, um, we were talking about. I guess Hudson was just born, and I said, "Do you have any advice for a new grandparent?" Uh, Joan's one of my favorite people. Sure, I mean, yeah, I did just, a podcast with her a couple, you, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Golly, bomb! She's just good, good people. And uh, um, she said uh, the best thing about grandkids are headlights and taillights. <laughs> And that was it. I mean, just you get to send them home at the end of the day. And and here's the thing: around here, we're so lucky with the people that 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 we've got in key positions. Um, I'm a big Joan Cronin fan. I'm a big Philip Fulmer fan. Uh, Philip may not know that because when I was the sports director, and you know, he felt like all we were trying to do was cover the negative stories. Yeah. And uh, what I tried to explain to Philip one time is, you know, we all have bosses. We all have news directors that want to make sure that we're journalistically you know, um, doing everything we're supposed to do. And I get that. I get mm-hmm. that. And I understand And We can't be homers and, and we can't be over there waving the pom-pom on the sideline sure. cheering. Um, but I, I respect Philip Fulmer for what kind of person he is, um, at UT, uh, Rick Barnes. Uh, I mean, you know, we just got good people yeah. that we deal with at, at UT. Haven't had very many Kevin O'Neill's, um, Thank goodness he <laughs> came and went like the wind. Well, yeah, the, 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 the occasional character comes through. Oh, uh, that reminds me. So uh, well, I was uh, just Googling you last night, getting ready for uh, some questions. I had forgotten the the night Kiffin leaves. 
No, gosh. <laughs> you were you were uh, oh, memorably. By, by the way, my eleven got moved back to eleven thirty, so I'm you, in no hurry. You now. were in, oh, are you okay? Yeah, you, yeah. you were memorably in the middle of the whole fracas in a conference room, much like we're sitting in right now, and that was kind of like just Armageddon for the Knoxville sports media. Yeah, I mean that was must see TV. I you know I had just left. Uh, WBIR not too much before that and uh you know Kiffin was in a back room and Kiffin didn't didn't want to come out unless he could come out and just talk with the media first Mm -hmm. and and he wanted a couple of minutes to talk to the media for unusual very unusual yeah very unusual and um I guess he thought in his demented mind and demented state with beds burning around him that maybe that was going to make the night better and so, you know, Bud Ford came out and Bud asked us if this was going to be okay. So the news director at the time, who's since been fired, um, but at the time, you know, was putting his foot down in the name of journalism. We're not doing this. As soon as he walks out, we're going to be rolling and we're going to grill him. And his concern was, was that newspaper was going to get a head start on everybody. Okay, because yeah. they they could essentially just start messaging out mm-hmm. what he had to say. And when TV, we're we're sitting here until we turn the cameras on and start broadcasting, we're falling behind if That's we don't your all start at the same point. Main thing is to show it live. Well, that, that yeah. was that was his thing, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like it. But at the same time, kind of understood. I I said, look, here's yeah. the deal: if if we don't agree to these terms, we don't get to hear him at all. And then yeah. we all lose. Yeah. ESPN, CNN, everybody loses if we don't just agree to these short terms. So if we all agree in here to not send anything out of this room, just give them a minute to come in here, and then let's grill his butt. Yeah. That was the point. Yeah. And Bud said, you guys figure it out, but I'm not going to go bring him out here until y'all all work it out. So Now, you could have, could you have recorded the entire thing? You just he didn't want anything lie? rolling. He didn't want any. He didn't want anything rolling. Yeah. And, and like I say, it was very unusual. Yeah. And, and we all had different opinions. And, and I was of the opinion, speaking on behalf of my TV station, because there wasn't anybody else there. The other stations had their news directors there, and yeah. all they had was this dog and pony yeah. show. And, and, and I just said – on behalf of us, my opinion right now is is let's agree to these terms so that we can get the interview and hear from him live because this needs to be about the viewers, the fans, the listeners, not us in 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 this waving the, the white flag of journalistic integrity just for a moment, just for a moment. And the news director at BIR put his foot down. He talked to the news director at Channel 6. They agreed. And so then Kiffin came out and did a 20-second message. And I tried to ask him a question out of respect for the UT fans. Can you explain why you're doing this? And he walked off and yeah. didn't say a word. And we all lost it. Yeah. We all lost yeah. it. And, it and what's funny is is that after that whole thing stopped rolling and we got outside, let's just say that I gave the news director a piece of my mind. Oh, did you? Absolutely uh, I did. I said, we all lost because of your pride. Yeah. We all lost. UT fans didn't get to hear. They didn't get to hear on one of the craziest nights of UT football history. They didn't get to hear why he left. We knew why he left. He left because USC was his dream job. Well, you know what? Had he said that to everybody, I think it all would have been a little bit easier to take. You think if 
if everybody had agreed to to his terms, as awkward as they were, he would have given a, a I guess you wouldn't call it a press conference, <clears throat> but he would have sat there and, and answered some questions. He would from, have given us he would have given us eight ten minutes. Uh huh. Until he got uncomfortable with everybody grilling him about <laughs> which would about, have been about how really interesting. how can you make the University of Tennessee a stepping stone job? Mm-hmm. That would have been the question. How can you disrespect an SEC school that within the last decade won a national title to use this as a stepping stone? And I know his answer would have been, I would only do this for one job. I would only do this for USC. I am not defending the guy. Don't misunderstand. I wouldn't defend him any more than I would defend Derek Dooley or or Kevin (laughs) O'Neill. Pardon me, I'm going to choke myself up. I wouldn't defend him any more than I would those two yahoos. But at the same time, we all wanted to hear what he had to say. Uh huh. We didn't get to hear it. That was the bottom line of that night. Did you ever have an O'Neill run in? Any good KO stories? Well, he was gone by the time. Or were you here for maybe one season when you? I don't so remember how long. Yeah. I, I remember that he yelled at me one time, and 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 it was a night he was he was leaving because we reported that it looked like he was going to go to Marquette and he wasn't ready to announce that. And so I went up there that night. It was like a Saturday and I put it on the air on Saturday at six and I went up there to, you know, try to get an interview with him. And he came out and called me every name in the book and <laughs> said he wasn't ready to announce that. Welcome said, to Knoxville, Mark. I said, well, are you yeah. are you going to Marquette? And he wouldn't answer the question. And then the next day I mean, he was Northwestern. gone. Well, it was Northwestern. Yeah. Marquette yeah. before. Yeah. I'm sorry, Northwestern. You're right. My bad. Um, it, it was Northwestern. And he came out the next day and said that he was – he didn't even say anything. He was just gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, so no wonder we wanted to talk to you. Yeah. You just bolted just kind of like Kiffin did. I think there are some reporters there hanging out trying to snuff him out as, as he was leaving. And he, the story goes he drove by and gave him all the one-finger salute on his way out. He told us we were all <laughs> was, number one. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it just – I don't know. There have been some great times in, in this town and got to cover a Super Bowl and an all-star game with Todd Helton and national championships, got to go to the White House and ride on a plane with Pat Summit, you know, wow. and the Lady Vols and – um, had some incredible, credible times over the years, and uh, I, I wouldn't trade anything for for what we've been able to do over the years here. We we, we started a family, raised a family here, and uh, um, wonderful friends, and so we've we you know, but high school football is what I enjoy the most. That's your passion. Is that just a uh, you know growing up and where you did is probably from where I grew mm-hmm. up and and in business I I decided. I've always gone against the grain a little bit, you know, even in having all the business stuff. Well, there was a niche for it. I mean, there was a there's a demand for it that you Well, know, it was, was untapped. It was untapped. I mean, everybody yeah. in here to steal a line from Butch Jones, God love him, um, is that he said Knoxville is the biggest fishbowl in college sports yeah. anywhere in the country. Which may be true. Um, because there's so much media in this town and it's all focused on, on, on UT. I felt at the time years ago that everyone was fighting over the same pie in media. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fighting over UT. And so I said, you know, why don't, why don't I just go deal with a different pie? Bake your own pie. So I went over and focused on high school and, uh, um, you know, been loving it. 
been loving it. Have a good time with it. Well, I can't wait, man. I love watching those broadcasts. You and Austin and your whole team uh, do such a great job with those. So uh, we're looking forward to it, my man. Thanks for sitting down with me here. Really appreciate your time. Well, once again, I, uh, you've run out of people to talk to. No. I can lead you to some other people, but <laughs> I, I appreciate, appreciate, appreciate what you do for sure. Great. Thanks, Mark. Good to see you. Yes, sir. You too. All right, y'all. There you have it. Big thanks to Mark for joining me. And be sure to check out Rivalry Thursday. This fall, you can watch those games online at RivalryThursday.com and follow them along on Twitter at RivalryThursday. they got a Facebook feed as well, all that good stuff. All right, thanks again for checking out the podcast. As always, you can show some love and provide me with the much-needed motivation to produce more of these on a regular basis in the future by donating as little as $1 a month, folks. You probably got that in your couch cushion right now and you could go all the way up to ten dollars a month if you really love the podcast just go to anchor.fm search out the russell smith podcast and click on the support this podcast button and give until your heart's content all right thanks again be back soon with more y'all be good